If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. everyone, welcome back to Screen Heroes. I am Ray. I am one of your weekly hosts, and I'm joined by my other two weekly hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Derek. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. It's been a little while. Yeah. Before we get too deep into it, we should probably dive right in that the uh, last Friday, something pretty big <laughs> happened. I don't know if all our viewers are aware, but the Swamp Thing season finale aired. And That's true. It was yeah. huge. <laughs> And yeah, it's very exciting. You so. mean the the series finale, right? Yeah, keeping hope alive. <laughs> I'm keeping hope alive. Yeah. So I figured right off the bat we should lead with that. Yeah, that's anything else you guys huge. want to talk about or that might have happened on Friday. That's your call. Derek and I got married. I mean, you guys have already said it was gonna happen, yeah. so it's not like And it did. Yes. High five, yo. That was horrible. What are you talking about? It was good. You think yeah, so? We're gonna we're gonna add a cracking whip sound effect. Oh, I like it. Post. Okay, right. yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that happened. <laughs> yeah, we times. got married. Ryan was Lots there. Lots of nerd stuff happening there. Like the whole theme for the wedding was kind of nerdy. And, it was, uh, was very cool nerdy stuff. Is, yeah, is good Disney themed nerdy? Uh, every anything could be nerdy if you're passionate yeah. about it. This way, I when see you it. take okay. it to a fanatic. Like, but also having all the groomsmen and ushers wearing Star Trek uh, cufflinks and superhero socks, I think that qualifies as nerdy if the princess thing doesn't. That's so. fair. Uh, some of the groomsmen were wearing Star Trek socks. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Okay, fair enough. I didn't, well, I didn't be, see What socks were you wearing? Captain America, of course. Nice. Let's yeah. get real. Nice. I tried my best to pair them up, but yeah. um, between the groomsmen and the ushers and the officiant, there were... 12 people I needed to cover, and I only had eight different superhero socks. So, yeah, only eight superheroes have earned socks. Yeah. So, every other superhero, <laughs> screw you. But, uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah. So good. now they're officially married. We and, are. and, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the earth will continue to revolve, and it's going to be great. <laughs> I hope. Was it going to stop? If, like, I mean, I mean yeah. it's hard to say. We don't know. Rachel has a lot of powers that I'm not sure I've, we've seen them all. So, that's fair. Mostly rainbows just come out of my butt. 
Good times. Flashback to Welcome to Earth 2. <laughs> That's true. Good times. Speaking of Earth 2, Ray and I finally watched the Nazi crossover from the Arrowverse. We did. We are two crossovers behind. And so we... you saw the reference to the uh, to Diggle being a lantern then, yes. right? I must have missed no, it. No, wasn't what? that the Elseworlds one? We're talking In about the Nazi, the Nazi one, one. Oh, like Crisis on. Yeah, we're two right. seasons behind. Crisis over. Yeah, yeah or my, Crisis my on Earth. Sorry for spoiling that for you. No, I no we know. knew that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, but I don't. I didn't remember seeing it in this. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. This was what did you think of this one? Um, I mean, oh, it was a lot of fun. There's definitely some cheesiness to some oh, of the yeah. writing but we, for convenience. But like, first of all, for the CGI budget uh, that we just know CW has, we know that CW is, out of the major networks, it's the lowest funded. It did a really great job. I liked that they just played it off as crisis and not as uh the four individual shows i feel like each of them got a decent amount of screen time i was a little confused where the rest of the legends were throughout the rest of the thing but other than the that, legends always get left out of the i crossovers. know they were in primitive times remember mm, they went to the yes. prehistoric time they like, mentioned yeah. i i just want brandon routh and everything okay yeah, like uh, fine whatever you won't like him this next or like in the latest season because his hair is really long and he looks homeless uh, yeah i've well i haven't seen so. yeah i've seen him actually like do photo shoots and cons and stuff and i'm like what are you doing yeah he finally cut it but like the whole season was him with really long hair and i don't know why did they ever figure me. out what to do with a love interest for him because i know they keep no. trying women and it's just not working no they found a man actually not it's not like a gay relationship but they found like a bromance a bro? type situation that's well, i he, wouldn't care if it was a gay relationship well, yeah, like i just but, want his character to find love right. already well so speaking of brandon routh if we're gonna just come out we can dive into news here yeah so, so let's talk about crisis on infinite earths which, which is, is this, this year's yes. seasons it's really the seasons because it blends into 2020 it's also i think basically the end of arrow yeah. there's like yeah. one episode after that of arrow so. this one's pretty big so it includes batwoman so it's actually five series and batman which is gonna cross well i meant her show oh, the gotcha. show batwoman but that's fair uh but yeah there's a million freaking characters in this crossover including brandon routh reprising superman but well that we already touched superman. on because that they talked about at san diego comic-con which right, was yeah, our Kingdom last Come. episode so uh, stuff that has come out since Black Lightning will be finally joining the crossovers. He's been around for two so years good. now. This will be his third season, and he is finally getting to be a part of it. So that exciting. makes me very happy. Same. Um, I think that his show would do really well crossing over, and like a Black Lightning Flash team up just seems way too obvious for me. I don't know why we haven't seen it yet. Add Captain Marvel wants Team Lightning. Ooh, I love it. And Thor, like, let's yeah, do go. this. But we mentioned this when Black Lightning was first coming on the, on the air. It didn't really make any sense to us that it was in yet another Earth. Yeah. Um, right. Because Supergirl, they've had to come up with convenient ways to let her go back and forth because that doesn't make a lot of sense either. And now you've got Black Lightning in his own. Is Batwoman in her own? No. No, she, that was in the Arrowverse. Like she's Arrowverse. She is. in the Arrowverse. Yeah. Okay. Just confirming. Yeah, the yeah. Elseworlds crossover actually has them going to Gotham. Yeah. Okay. It's, they don't cross to a different universe. Arrow is like, or uh, Oliver is like, we need to go to Gotham. Yeah. Okay. Or something like that. And then they just go to Gotham. <laughs> they just go. That's it. Like you do. Yeah. You can't simply walk into Gotham. Right. Well, apparently you can. <laughs> yeah. If you're a vigilante. 
Um, all right. So other news. What else do we have? Going well, we on? have we haven't didn't cover everybody. They yeah, covered, they, well, had, they uh, added a lot more. Um, Lex Luthor from Smallville. Yeah, John Michael Cryer Rosenbaum. and Michael Rosenbaum Very are going excited to be in. But that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a he's a. Probably my favorite live action Lex Luthor. No, he's my favorite. Live he action. is my favorite. Live you action can't live like Gene Hackman and Kevin Spacey were just bad guys. They were like they they were my least just favorite. Because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. <laughs> Zangief. Oh anyway, god, sorry. Uh, <laughs> did I just take a Disney reference? You did. Oh, yeah. Totally did. In all fairness, Wreck-It Ralph is like supreme Disney That's movie. True. Like it's high quality. Um, I did see today that we we might actually get to see the Diggle Green Lantern that you mentioned earlier. So mm-hmm. that'll be a cool thing they've been building up to. Well, for that exists years in the Arrowverse. Two minutes, so. So, yeah, I mean, it, somewhere. I yeah. think their thing is Stephen Amell wants to walk away, and Emily Bet Richards wants to walk away. Rickards, excuse me, but uh, the rest of the cast isn't really wanting to. So they're trying to find out new homes if they can do a spinoff. If uh, you know Dave Ramsey can carry a show by himself, show. like I love Diggle, or, but I don't know that he's a good leading man for. A and show. the problem is, like all these side characters get swept up to legends, and that's a problem. I I think if you're just going to put everybody in a blender, it's not always going to work out well. So. Well, and the, the thing with Diggle is, I mean, if you make him a Green Lantern, then maybe he could hold his own series. But was he going to be another Archer? You know, yeah, is he going to be Arrow? He has or worn is the he... Arrow suit, so yeah, right, yeah, multiple times. Or is he going to be? Um... Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on his helmet character name. Guardy, no, no, it's not Guardy. No, it's not Guardy. No, uh, Guardy. I confuse the two head hammer things. Yeah, I don't remember what it is either. See, like that's a pro- Spartan. Sen- Spartan, Spartan. Yeah, uh, I was like Sentinel. And just like, just like uh, <laughs> Emily is Overwatch. No, she is not. <laughs> but like Spartans, really, just it's just a code name I for know. him. You know, it's really just him with a helmet, right? Yeah. So they got to give him something more, make a character for him. Well, they um, do have several other characters that are named DC characters in the team. I mean, they yeah, have black, they have three different Black Canaries at this point, or two Jesus, right now, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, you know, Ragman has been a part of the team in the last few episodes or the last few seasons. I loved Ragman; he was great. Yeah. Um, Wild Dog, right? You know, so and they've been doing a lot of future flash forwards, so they could do a future Arrow team because they've already set up. Um, some of the kids of the characters in the yeah, future flash forwards. True. So, um, I mean, they definitely have options. I just don't want them just to throw a Diggle in the Arrow suit and just keep making. They Arrow, won't do that. You know, they've so. already announced Arrow's done. Right. So I don't. They won't do that. But they. There was a rumor. There's a rumor going around that there is a yet an unannounced CW superhero show that's going to be taking Arrow's time slot. It's not Batwoman. No. I imagine we'll start hearing more about it. And if they're good enough to plug all the leaks, then we won't hear about it until until crisis crisis shows up. The the people on Reddit are going crazy about it being a uh, Batman Beyond (laughs) with Kevin Conroy as Batman, since he's going to be, we didn't talk about that, but he's going to be uh, Batman in the crossover. So this is the first time Kevin gets to play a live action Batman. Well, at least Bruce Wayne. I guess we don't know if he'll suit up in Crisis, but because they did specifically say Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I doubt he will. Just like in Titans, they've cast Bruce Wayne, but he's probably never going to suit up. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying that that's 
necessarily bad, but it would be pretty amazing if they could pull off a live action Batman Beyond show. My worry would just be budget. Yeah, because how are they going to be able to make that whole city and all that stuff? I mean, the sh- it was a fairly complex cartoon. And for those who didn't watch it, everything was futuristic because of how far ahead it was. So the Batmobile mm-hmm. flew. A lot of the villains were, you know, I just Morpheus remember type things. That could how be- complicated the Royal Flush Gang was in oh, this man. version. Like yeah. they could fly on their cards like hoverboards, and, and it was would look very cheesy. I it think. does have. I don't. I don't potential. love the way flying looks already in like Supergirl and some of those shows. So. It's hard to get it right. Yeah, it really absolutely. is. And Supergirl at least has the advantage of it being so fast, you kind of miss the detail anyway. Right. But Batman like, doesn't fly that fast. Right. And the, the Royal Flush Gang, the whole point is to show them kind of gliding into mm-hmm. you know to a scene. Um, so that certainly has the potential to look terrible. Yeah. Um, as much as I want to see more Batman Beyond, I loved that show. But I there's just... still some really cool opportunities without going to the batman beyond first that one's not yet. even a rumor that's just like a bunch of people crossing their fingers it's for what it they on want. reddit yeah. gotcha. you know. okay so what would you guys want i mean that's such a hard question because there's there's a million characters that they could pull from if they wanted to bring in somebody completely new but they don't ever they, they've never done that all of the shows after arrow have they're backdoor pilots. Right. So I imagine it'd have to be somebody from an existing show. So, so. I want, somebody- probably want Constantine to be back, back yeah. and get his own show because he's fine on Legends. Okay. But either that or like some other member of the Justice League Dark and then have Constantine be like the lead into that. Constantine, and I they guess. They could rescue Swamp Thing. And yeah, I don't know him. that CW could do Swamp Thing if no DCU didn't have the budget for it. But um, that does. Constantine seems the most likely, though. He already had a show. It was, the, I mean, the com- the complexity of it is something the CW could handle, mm-hmm. right? So actually, that that's probably a good possibility. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, without seeing Crisis, there's just all of these rumors on who it could be. I mean, maybe maybe Ramsey is getting his own show, but he won't be the diggle we know. Maybe it will be a Green Lantern show. I don't know if they could pull, off, pull that off either because he has to use constructs and fly around a lot too. And It would be the most heavy CGI show. Yeah. I mean, that's why you don't see, uh, you know, Martian Manhunter a whole lot in his non-human looking form. If they cut the the episode order in half, if it was only 13 episodes and redistribute that budget, then maybe it would work. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting point because I think D- the CW might even be better off if they did that that way and split the shows. Half the shows were fall shows and half the shows were spring shows. Most of the shows are too long anyway. Like, I agree. T- so much filler. So much know? filler. Especially when the network doesn't have the kind of budget that you know Netflix has or the DC Universe has. And because of it, we get robbed of great storytelling because they have to save their CGI budgets. It's the reason why Grodd and King Shark are never going to be the overarching villains for the entire season, which is a shame. Yeah, they get a random because, episode here yeah. and there, and that's about all they're going to get. Because right. they're so cool. Like, there's no reason why we couldn't. You cut all the season orders in half, and but you keep with the exact same budget, maybe um, sell similar advertising or split it, like... Maybe you have nine shows and three of them air during the fall, three during the spring, three during the summer. And well, they're, if they're going to have six, 
Yeah. Well, I guess they're only going to have five because Arrow's ending. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if they had six, they could do three and three mm-hmm. in the first half and second half of the season. You can still have characters pop up on each other's shows. It might even be easier because they're not busy filming their own stuff. And the crossover ends the season for some shows and begins the season for the other shows. Like, yep. I, I, the more I get into binge watching TV, the more I gravitate towards seasons which are 10 episodes or less i i appreciate i I like for example the boys we were just talking about that has eight episodes eight episodes and it felt perfectly paced throughout Mm -hmm. all the episodes it didn't feel like there was any fluff it was all what you wanted to see in the story and that was that whereas you compare that to like arrow and you have 16 episodes in the middle that are just like random other subplots thrown in to fluff mm-hmm. out the, the season and you there's get... maybe one tiny important story thing yeah. in each episode but you have to dig through everything else like i don't want to watch 45 minutes of fluff and uh, angsty crap to get that one nugget that's going to make me keep going and going that's... you could skip like episodes 8 through 18 and probably <laughs> still not figure it out yeah you, yeah you wouldn't be that far behind really well look at us we decided we're kind of done with arrow so we actually didn't catch up with arrow to watch crisis on earth x we caught up with all of the other shows though to do that i know exactly what's going on yeah. with the characters we didn't it'll get a little yeah. harder this yeah. season for elseworlds and... For, and, and leading into the crisis because arrow is the linchpin for the whole thing and there's there's some stuff that happens towards the end of this season that well in this one the only thing that we had to know was that um felicity and arrow or felicity and ollie got back together like that was the only thing that we had to know for l uh for crisis on earth x to make they usurped the same day to get married as barry and uh oh man that was crap oh yeah barry and iris are a lot nicer than i am i think (laughs) You know, like, I'm just saying, like, no offense if any of our friends had gotten up and be like, hey, can we, like, can we do this too? Is that cool? Yeah, can we just, like, come in here and just, yeah. No, man. Get your own. I would have immediately been like, you can cut me a check for seven grand right now, and I'll make this happen for you. I do want to deposit the check and see it go through first. Of course. That might delay the ceremony. (laughs) Just a bit. What else we got? What other news do we have? Anything else? Well, I brought up the boys. Yes. I want to I want to talk about that for a second. It's uh, already has a, a it, season but... 2 order. So it had a season cool. two order before season one even aired. Yeah, it was uh, right. their advertising is insane. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's advertised way more than any Netflix show I've ever seen. At, at San Diego, it was posters everywhere. Good Omens Every, was like that too. Amazon Prime's going hard with their they original really are. content. Every YouTube a, a video mm-hmm. had an ad for the boys in front of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Screen junkies and uh, what culture to major entertainment sites that and are the similar to us yeah the also Nerdist, they all had the boys sponsored, sponsored. by the boys yeah. every episode so we're only two episodes in so like yeah we can't really spoil much or anything like that but the production quality is very high the suits all look really cool i have one gripe with the show say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And that's, I just, I feel like, I feel like they either tried too hard to match DC exactly or just Isn't straight it, up. Am I mistaken? Is it owned by DC? I feel no. like it didn't, it, when, it? It, when it came out, it was not. But then I feel like no. DC bought the label. So, Garth. And- Enos wrote it, and he um, notoriously hasn't really worked for DC. So I think he originally designed the characters mocking DC because he was, like, passed over for jobs. Yeah, I think that's the whole point, is that it's supposed to be a mirror of the Justice League and to be a realistic take on what that would be like in our world. truth be told, like, when The Boys was written, Justice League was more iconic. Like, Justice League is the ideal superhero team and you know five or six out of the seven eight main members that we know of have iconic symbolism that you can find all over the world and every language knows what it means who it is so i think the iconography is easier to mimic and mask and you know the only gripe i have is the names are dumb the names but, aren't great. But, I mean, there's lots of superheroes that have bad names. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, Aquaman is not exactly like, like no, a super... No, no, you're totally the, right. The I would have made is, fun of that if we were kids in the 1940s. I would have been like, that's stupid. The thing is, for me, it doesn't come off as satire. It just comes off as a ripoff. And I'm not saying that that's going to make the story bad or the actors bad. It just... You could have at least made some of the heroes... Like, it's the, it's the straight-up original lineup, essentially. Right? Like... Yeah, intentionally. I know. It just... But that... I don't understand why you would feel that way. The I guess whole I point of it is to is is to satire the justice. But it League. doesn't feel like like what's satirical about You're it. You're the only person I've talked to that feels that way. But but, but here's my my point you is you haven't watched the whole series, so no, you haven't I, found I haven't out watched, what's satirical. I haven't about watched it. all eight episodes. I said that up front, right? But it doesn't feel like satire. It just feels like we're gonna make the Justice League all assholes and, and tell that's a whole fine. different story that hasn't been done to try and see what I it would didn't be say like. The story realistic. was a ripoff. I said the characters are. So the thing is. Is the fact that what's his name? Um, Homeland, Homelander, Home, Homelander, Homeland, yes. whatever. Is the fact that he is Superman? Is that actually relevant, or is the fact that he's kind of a pompous asshole murderer that's relevant? Because he doesn't seem like a satire take on Superman. He just has the exact same power set in a similar suit. As I Superman. think it's similar to the Watchmen take. Like, what happens if? you know this this alternate timeline if superheroes were real what would they be like and in garth enos's head they would be most likely just the same jerks and assholes that we all meet every single day in customer service and in healthcare and in the celebrities that are you know raping people and, that, like, and yeah molesting children like, and things like that and like it's I, all what if r kelly had superheroes and, like i said and, yeah. the story isn't my issue my, my issue is the character design 
right? Like, why does it have to be a ripoff of a specific character to tell that story? That was also like it gives the it gives the person that's viewing it something to they they're already familiar with Superman, so then they don't have to have a huge backstory on the character to be able to go, okay, I know the the story of this guy. Basically, we know what this guy can do. He's obviously Superman. It they can't use Superman because well, no, I know they can't use Superman. But even like Watchmen, but, for example, like the characters, like yeah, um, there's some that have some crossover, but most of the Watchmen characters are fairly unique from DC main lineup characters, right? But you've got Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Star Girl, and the Invisible Man. Um, uh, who else is in there? Oh, Lamplighter. Lamplighter is basically Green Lantern, Black right? Noir, and Batman. Yeah. So, I mean, is he though? I mean, in the first two episodes, he's a dude that wears all black and has ta- tactical gear. That's it. I know, but like, yeah, my point, that's basically all he is through the whole series, to be and, honest with okay, you. Okay. Well, if that was the only thing, like, like Owl, um, Owlman, right? Like, you can have some similarity. Night Owl. Night Owl. Thank you. No, Owlman is Crisis on, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. He's from the. And Owlman exists, yeah, too. Yeah. He's yeah. Owl, Owlman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See? Not um, Watchmen, though. Yeah. So, my, my point, though, is that, like, some of them crossing over is one thing that kind of helps ground it to something familiar, but this is like, it's exactly seven characters, right? They call themselves the seven. Like it's just, it just feels like a ripoff, not satire. That's I all. mean, the authority did the exact same thing. And then DC bought them. There's been a lot of stories that have done that. that yeah, thing. Midnighter I mean, if you look and at Apollo Marvel versus DC, and... a lot of those characters are pretty much the same character with a different name. You're right. But I don't know that anybody's ever done a straight up lineup of so many characters straight lifted like Maybe it just not. feels like too much uh, it just feels like i'm too sorry much. you feel that way i you hope know? that doesn't taint so. your enjoyment of the show but i, I don't think yeah. we should spend too much more no, no, time no, no. on that that's, that's but fine. the show is very good story-wise if you can get past oh, that yeah, and a trains the flash there we yes. go that was the guy i was missing yeah um yeah but what would they be like if this the world were real and that's the part that i gravitate towards more than focusing on that um and it works for the show. It's it's like Watchmen, like you said, except that it's more in a modern time. Yeah, it's, it's similar like- to Watchmen. It's similar to Kick-Ass. It has the same hardcore grit feeling to it. The only thing that I'm really looking forward to, because this is now the third property that's like that, is I kind of want to see it from a female perspective. You know, we haven't gotten the what if superheroes were real with a woman writing and I think that might change things. I so think that it'd be I think as you go through, uh, you haven't read the comics for the boys. I read Kickass and I read Watchmen. I did not read the boys. Okay, uh, I mean, the, uh, Star- what's her name? Starlight is that Starlight, what it is? Yeah. yeah, she's like the main character. Yeah, and uh, other than the boys, right? Yeah, she's, yeah. She, so it, there's a good female presence right, in the show of at the very least if i know it wasn't written by a female but um but it is nice that there is a strong female no, presence right, totally away. right and even the queen character queen mave uh yeah mave uh she's got a pretty good story what yeah you don't get a ton of it but no you know. the, the women don't have like raw deals and they're not portrayed um, they're not poorly. nearly as dickish as the guys yeah. i'll tell you that much they're, they're not portrayed poorly so i i just there's a huge difference in the way um, the sexes perceive the world. So that like I'm, I am interested in multiple takes on this because what if superpowers were real and 
it, it tends to only explore the bad stuff, like how uh, powers would be abused and how they would be manipulated and things like that. So it's just, it would be interesting to know what that other perspective is. Mm-hmm. What so. did you think of the assault in the first episode we had talked about? That, that. was disappointing. And um, it wasn't... Disappointing tr- in terms of the like it, actions of the characters yeah, or disappointing yeah. in terms of the no, way it was it, done? No, it totally... No, it... It was definitely triggering. Um, just from a personal perspective, I've been coerced into sexual acts before, so it could have been triggering. Um, it was not. So at least film, cinematography-wise, it was... I think they handled it yeah. in a way, yeah, to try and prevent that. I just... Um, I, I have to watch more because, honestly, I thoroughly hate when assault and rape have to occur to a character for... Uh, it to be a motivation i don't think it's necessary there is a payoff i'm i'm good with that like just in the second episode she tells him off and uh that was a decent amount right then and there like just because sometimes it's it's easy it's easier to throw a fist than it is to tell somebody off so um the, the verbal confrontation was satisfying in, in itself. So, so far, I'm happy with the storytelling around it, but it's it's never good to see that stuff. No, and it's much handled much differently in the show than it is in terms of like the actual act in the comics was much worse. Oh, of course. It was all of the seven, basically. Um, so, yeah, it, it was not good, but they definitely, I think the way they toned it down and that's saying that this show is toned down from the comic books is kind of crazy once you yeah. watch the whole show because considering it's how many c words get thrown around oh and, yeah. yeah they don't hold back yeah i like that i actually like this show better than i like doom patrol because doom patrol for me felt like it was coded in kind of like a weird layer of teen angst like rock star teen angst wannabe rebel type stuff and i love doom patrol but this show is like that but doesn't have the teen angst well see for me doom patrol feels like given the appropriate budget could have been a cw show yeah whereas like the boys is an netflix show it's yeah an HBO show. it's absolutely a streaming show right yeah it's 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 more like titans than doom patrol right. you know not that that's fair i mean it's it certainly seems i better definitely agree than titans but uh, <laughs> but Titan, but doom patrol also had some filler in there yeah. too and and the boys did not have that so when yeah. i directly compare them i would watch the boys again before i watch doom patrol again personally it's wow. interesting fair enough Anyway, we talked a lot about that. Oh, well, the one thing I do want to throw in there is hearing Simon Pegg with an English, uh, American accent is messed up. (laughs) But he's great, as always. Yeah. I just kept sitting there. I was like, I don't like it. (laughs) No, it's it's weird because we just watched the entire Cornetto trilogy yesterday. Like, that's <laughs> so how, it was fresh. It yeah, was glorious. yeah. That's how we spent our honeymoon, guys. <laughs> Cornetto trilogy, right? I mean, you could have cut out. The I really am sad we did it. Like that's her favorite one. Is it really? Yeah. We need to have a whole discussion on just that trilogy, though. Ooh. Cor- that, that's Cornetto my trilogy least episode. favorite one by a lot. Oh man. Yeah. W- so I, your favorite Shaun of the Dead? No, my favorite is Hot, hot Fuzz. Fuzz. Okay, so you're both Hot Fuzz, and I'm yes at World's End. Okay. Do you ever fire your gun in the air while stealing off? <laughs> We definitely need to schedule. The grades are good. <laughs> yeah, we. D- I, I'm just upset that we didn't have ice cream during oh, it. I know. Oh, we have yeah. to have ice cream sandwiches when we review it. Yes. 
I, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't do a review and we should just do a discussion. We could do that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I guess I since, since we brought that up, apparently Amazon bought the rights to a Simon Pegg, Nick Frost ghost hunting show. Uh, I really hope it's like a parody of Ghostbusters. I, that would be amazing. I really hope that it's a parody of like all those ghost shows. That, that would be okay to, like... too. Like I'd be really be. There's nothing I can do that's going to make me unhappy with this. Well, show. Here, here's my I... only part where I'm nervous. I'm not. I do not think Edgar Wright is involved. I'm oh, okay with that. And, well, they the three of them together make very special stuff. Right, the Cornetto trilogy for me is absolutely incredible. And yes. while I can rank the films, I love all three of them. And Paul, for example where Edgar Wright was not involved, but Simon Pegg and Nick Frost were, it just doesn't reach that type of But your of problems with Paul were Kristen Wiig and Seth Rogen. They were not That's true. That's Edgar fair. Wright and <laughs> Nick Frost. So I feel like you You're just right. need to wait. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, I was fine with that. Paul. Well, Edgar so. Wright, also the way he shoots, the way the cinematography is sure. handled in his stuff is probably my favorite i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue with you about yeah. how I, I love edgar Wright, but <laughs> i think that it's unfair to, to to say that or to think that they can only do a good show if no. edgar Wright yeah. is involved no i don't mean that i mean I just, edgar Wright wasn't directly involved in spaced yeah. right but I, again i've never seen spaced so i can't mm, i can't voice well. an opinion on that yeah so. you can't nobody's perfect True. Speaking of which, guys, so tonight our main topic is The Goonies, and it was chosen because it was one of the movies Derek never saw. So we're going to take a very small break and then be right back to discuss The Goonies. Hey, why play video games when you could watch people play video games? Why watch people play video games when you could listen to people talk about video games? Come rest your eyes and hands with the Gamer Heroes podcast. We'll cover the latest news in games, previews, reviews, and more coming your way every Wednesday morning. Come check us out as part of the Heroes Podcast Network at heroespodcasts.com or find us on Spotify, iTunes, Spreaker, or, you know, other podcast places. Give us a listen to help you get through your busy day or even just forget you left it playing in your headphones. We're cool with that too. All right, guys, we are back to discuss the 1985 classic Richard Donner movie The Goonies. Now this uh, was a Steven Spielberg screenplay executive produced by Steven Spielberg directed by Richard Donner stars Josh Brolin and Sean Astin, Corey Feldman, uh, Martha Plimpton all before they were like super famous. Um, Probably not really for Corey Feldman. He was like the 80s star and yeah. he had already done a few things. He would go on to do a few more things. So, uh, But everybody else was pretty much unknown at the time. And now they've all gone on to do really cool things. Um, first and foremost, Derek. Hi. How was your experience watching The Goonies for the first time? So I just want to preface this with... Um... I never it's not that I never wanted to watch it. It's that everybody had already seen it and nobody wanted to watch it with me. You had the wrong friends. Derek and doesn't watch movies by himself. Not, usually. Not really, no. Really Star Trek's like the only thing. That and Red versus Blue are the only things I watched like alone. Um and yeah, so that's why I want I you to know it. at any point during our friendship, if you had said, you want to come over and watch the Goonies? I would have said yes. <laughs> Fair enough. You were with the wrong friends your whole life. Apparently. I agree. Like, jeez, should get new friends. That's what I'm saying. Um, but uh, no, it, it was a lot of fun. It was great seeing this particular cast like at a very young age because this is this is the youngest I had seen 
Probably everybody. any of these guys, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody in this that I might have seen at a younger age. And, you know, like, I think the first Sean Astin movie I ever saw was Rudy. And so he was mm-hmm. obviously older than that. So, Significantly, yeah. You know, um, and so that was really fun. I really like that. It was super 80s. I mean, it just felt like that era of film, which if pe- people who listen to the show know, like, 80s music is some of my favorite and technology and movies and just that whole era is just awesome for me. So that was it was fun. It Could was you imagine cute. what it would have been like to see that in the 80s when um, it came out? I mean, so from the way it was like the way it shot, the kind of story that it is, it's very much hook like, you know, yes. obviously it right? came out before. Hook, yeah, I know. Yes. But I'm just like, so I, I imagine I would have felt a similar way to when I saw Hook the first time. And Hook, of course, is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I worry that it would reasons. be a little tainted for you. It's like whenever you go back and watch something but that did something really amazing, but then it's been done several times since then. And it has. Then uh, I was worried that maybe it wouldn't be as special for you because you'd seen it. Some uh, Almost everything that that movie did that was special before, other than maybe the cast. I mean, the, the only downside to it is that there's, there, some of it's a little rushed because of just the error that the movie was made in, right? So, like, they have to rush through and explain, you know, why these guys are all friends together and why there's all this, like, why they have to leave. And it's just, I feel like if it had been made today, they would have been given more time to flesh some of that out, right? But, um, I mean, it has some 80s tropes, like the the old white corporate guy is the bad guy, the real bad guy, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you've got um, the, uh, the criminals... I'm drawing a blank on the family's name. The Fratellis. Fratellis, thank you. The uh, you know, You've got the Fratellis, but they're not the real bad guys. The real bad guys are the corporate owners who want to turn everything into a golf course. You know, kind of like Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. Gozer's not the real bad guy. It's no, really... Walter Peck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Walter Peck was just doing his job. Yeah, well, he could have been nicer about it. <laughs> okay, Rachel, I have a question for you. What can you can you go through the sequence of what Derek's face looked like when Sloth ripped his shirt off and had a Superman shirt and then the Superman theme played? So No it, no no. I didn't ask you, Derek. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Give her- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Rachel, a chance to talk. Okay. I think you have to ask Derek because I was not watching him. I was watching the movie. No. See, when I watch a movie for the fir- that somebody hasn't seen for the first time, half of it for me is watching the reactions to the best parts of the movie. I will say that one of the first things Ryan and I ever did together as friends where we went to go watch Ghostbusters in theaters and I sat two rows back from him and I did not watch the movie. I watched Ryan and it looked like he was watching it for the first time. Like he was reacting like he had never seen it before. It was only my second time seeing it on the big screen. So 
you know, I've still never had a chance to do that. It bums me out. That's I'm sorry. It, well, in all fairness, looking back, you know, Ryan and I, there. Ryan and I were both with people that we're no longer with, and yeah. you know, like he was also in full cosplay gear. He was probably yeah. very high. It was like a night in August. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. It was an intense, was sweaty night. Yeah. So, so that scene in particular. So, one one of the downsides to waiting this long to see it is there are certain aspects of the movie that I was aware of. Right. Right. And Sloth wearing a Superman shirt was one of them. Yeah, like because I've seen that image. Right. That imagery has been used every before. action figure of right. Sloth or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always... like, I knew that was going to happen at some point. I but you didn't know the theme was going to play. No, I didn't know the theme was going to play. I didn't know the exact context. Like I had some guesses and, and things like okay. that. Okay. But... So what was it? How was that moment for oh, you? Oh, it, it's a great scene, right? The pirate ship is awesome, and you know, he's doing the thing that he watched in the movie where he cuts down the uh the sail and everything and it's just it's it's fun it's 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 shot in a way that movies are no longer made well it's like spielberg used richard donner's expertise because at this point richard donner had been making movies longer than spielberg had and he was on set probably every day and he reused this stuff for um hook later on especially everything on the ship absolutely all the fighting choreography it was it was goonies amped up to 11 so it was definitely you know the two of them working off of each other and you know i i didn't realize that it was a donner film until we watched it right and that was really kind of cool because i didn't know the superman connection that i had seen in pop culture all those years um i i like the way movies used to be filmed like now everything's done you know, in these green screen studios, right? Like there was that behind the scenes photo that was released recently of, of, uh, I guess it's infinity war, right. Where the, the here, they're running when the running scene and they're like, they're all on individual treadmills and it's just green behind them. And like, they're not even running together. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. There's just something a little sad about that. I think. Yeah. Chunk was really falling the whole time and you know, everything was <laughs> well, like the slide scene, for example, like even in the credits, they had to thank somebody for, for, for supplying the slide. It was right. an actual slide that they had to build and dress up and there was no CGI used and they're actually sliding. Now there's no real danger of course. Right. But they're also not totally in an, a studio somewhere which is green all around them they're actually sliding through a fake cave and it's just i like it it's real the pirate ship was built somebody had to build those sets and it was actually there and all of the traps and stuff are really fun and they're very you know indiana jones-esque of course which is on purpose and so derek is definitely data right <laughs> oh god i've never seen derek go balls to the wall on that kind of stuff i just feel like he's but... he's tries to be the most technologically advanced of all of us and see yeah. i'm worried I'm, I'm more worried i'm mikey because i always wanted to like do these crazy things and nobody else ever wanted to <laughs> so i kind of felt like that That's a little fair. bit where like I, I used to be mouth and now i've grown into chunks so like... <laughs> Whoa. at least you're not sloth okay <laughs> <That's real. laughs> uh, sloth baby. is very useful okay sloth was a good person and very useful he has his moments so i mean we kind of are all over the place yeah we are sorry well i i'm assuming that our audience has seen this you know we're not really reviewing it it. we're just discussing it so um i mean my, my my favorite parts are of course once they actually start the journey and they get to the closed down restaurant from yeah. that point forward the movie is much better than the the i guess 
the first act. They had to establish yeah. characters and everything like that first. They did, and there's some great stuff in those those early moments. Truffle, sh- truffle. Nah, <laughs> that doesn't hold yes, up well. That. No, what? That, I think that might be the only real moment that doesn't hold up too well. The Rube Goldberg uh, doorbell. Is pretty great. Yeah, but yeah. the fence is like two feet tall, so he could have like just no. Stuck I don't over know why it, nobody just like hops over it. But I'm also not so. sure how reusable that device is in this situation. That's too, true. It and they up. just left the sprinklers like running. Yeah, on it. you know, it's like what? it does require that a chicken hatches an egg every time, and you know that's just not how biology works, guys. Like well, they, they don't do that. They also have to pop a, a balloon, so that's a it's a somebody has to go out there and blow put, up a balloon up every time, right? So there's just, there's a lot of things that happen have to happen that probably aren't reusable but i do like when data goes through the fence the uh the screen door and then later chunk just yeah. walks, walks through, through it, the yeah. door right? but everybody else <laughs> opened it and yeah. chunk just walked through part of me wonders if that that might not have been scripted like the door may have someone didn't hold the door for him and he just walked through it because he well they show earlier that he they didn't there's one other scene where they didn't hold the door for him and it closed in his face and then he had to open it himself so i think mm-hmm. that was planned okay so uh, what are you happy about that things have changed in cinematography sense or in movie sense like uh, less ads (laughs) every this was see i don't think that's true though i think we get just as many if not more now because think about like in endgame every time you know tony drives up in a car or anybody drives up in a car i guess it was just less subtle in the 80s like when people complained about the advertising of stranger things i thought that was actually very true to the era this movie yes. reminded me of that. There's like one scene where you get six different advertisements happening in about two minutes. Pepsi I, is everywhere. I just yeah. don't think it's changed. I just think maybe we don't notice it as much because the logos match what we're used to seeing now. But when you go and watch the Goonies, it's the old logos. And so you're like, oh, man, I forgot when, you know, I don't know, the Pizza Hut box looked like that. Yeah, whatever, when they're right? all holding up Pizza, box, pizza Hut boxes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, like it's just that's more noticeable now because you haven't seen that logo since you were a kid. Right. Right. Um. I don't think product placement is any different today. It's just different. People are more selective about what's in there. They're not like, oh, I have to get Doritos in the shot. They're like, no, I have to get Sony and Toshiba in the shot. And, you know, they'll use a phone, but but it's not like showing the Sony symbol. It's just you see the phone. And if you're a phone person, then you know that that's a, uh, you know, particular phone. And maybe that's the way it is now. Is just the de- the designs are more slightly more subtle. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the case. But I mean, I in know. Captain America: The First Avenger, they were able to get a ton of product placement just in the Times Square scene. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, they they use the moments they have. It's maybe they're a little bit better at blending in. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it depends on the film. You know, the thing like Captain America is mostly a period piece, so it's a lot harder to do that during a World War II movie, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, I feel like the more modern films, and I, maybe it's the Iron Man ones, maybe because of... Burger King. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like yeah, I need I, a Burger King burger. <laughs> yeah, like that was pretty bad. Yeah, so that's all. Yeah. I feel like characters are slightly less tropey, or people try to make them less obvious. You know, the fat kid... The Always wanting food, the smart Asian kid, the mouthy kid whose literal name is mouth, and yeah, oh, yeah. The, the, so, so the names are not particularly clever in this. No, um, Data, Chunk, Mouth, and Mikey. Like those are all nick. Well, most of those are nicknames. So right, like yeah. I can buy that. Kids aren't exactly clever in real life. It's I mean, they're more clever now probably than they were in the eighties. But I mean, and that's fair. I guess I just I feel like. We still have tro- the same kinds of tropes today. Maybe they're just hidden better because the movies are more spectacle. 
right? Because if this movie was made today, you wouldn't have just had a pirate ship in a cave. There would have been some little gimmick to it that would have been some ridiculous CGI nonsense. Oh, sure. You know, that would have Well, we would have actually gotten to see the octopus. It wouldn't have been cut. Right. <laughs> so do you want to talk about that bit? Because you, you know some I had tells. to point it out to you because, like, at the very end, they're interviewed by the news, and I... Data says something about the octopus was the scariest part or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And uh, the octopus, it was built, it was shot, it was cut for some reason like i i never got spielberg or donner's reason why probably timing like, probably. probably movies weren't as long back then yeah. as they are now they well, tried is, to stick to movie. the 90 yeah minute. it was almost two hours yeah, in the an 80s hour, so hour and 54 minutes for back then that's a big deal if you weren't like aliens and terminator right you yeah know? it was um, a kid's movie for all intents and purposes you know so. but there is one shot where uh you can see a ginormous pinkish purplish body in the background and i assume that was the octopus prop that was built so um never know but it's kind of like behind the pirate ship and so for me for someone who didn't know that story and didn't it's the first time watching i didn't catch anything in the background i thought the kids were just embellishing the story you know and it plays off that way fine so it's, maybe yeah. that's why they kept that line in because it just felt like kids embellishing the story which plays into why the cop originally didn't want to believe anybody mm -hmm. because they've lied so many times about nonsense this movie did kind of set up the uh inept uh robber trope that yes. has followed through like home alone movies and stuff like that where they're just adults that are so grossly inept at everything uh yeah you know, Home Alone like kind of perfected it man like, <laughs> they did they didn't handle it better than this movie obviously this movie was the first one that i i can think of that i, I did something like yeah. that i mean they were like when she's pointing the gun at him at, at data on the ship and then he shoots the suction cup and somehow the gun goes like this totally right sideways. before so that it yeah. can stick to it you know it's like okay yeah they, they're just so inept and i guess that's the same reason that uh, they do a lot of other inept type of characters in movies but to make the kids feel better about uh you know how intelligent they are versus the adults and make the adults look dumb so that the kids can look smarter um well in a lot of cases it's a budget thing right like his data's gadgets were super cool but they were also super low tech mm -hmm. yeah but right? it was the 80s so they were the they were low, they were low tech for the 80s i think about it. he had the little chomping mouth toy Right, and he had the suction cup thing. He wasn't and the using, oils like, shooting out of his shoes. That was cool. The, yeah, the, yeah. Sh the slick shoes was cool. Um, that's probably his best gadget, so to speak. Yeah. Right, because he's he's basically a low budget Inspector Gadget. Yeah, that's really what he is. Mm -hmm. You know, and which was popular around this time. So, mm -hmm. and his dad was also the same way. That seems out. super cute. Yeah, but, you know, um, you can't hug a photograph. <laughs> Well, that line's a little cheesy, but when his dad everything in the tries to do cheesy. the camera thing and everything, and you can kind of see the connection, that's really cute. Yeah. Um, but you also have like there, there's a lot of stereotypes. And you have the overprotective mother with the kid with asthma, right? He can't go outside; he's gonna die. Like nonsense. That's obviously not true. Um, the overprotective brother, you know. I don't know. That one seemed okay. He didn't really seem chasing him down on a little kid's bike well like, that seems ridiculous yeah yeah he's going 45 miles per hour on that thing it's like totally ridiculous but you know what are you gonna do it was something <laughs> the dynamics of the older kids was very weird and confusing and i feel like there was some some story that was cut at some point Probably. to help make that make more sense you know but um yeah like andy was with who's the other guy the guy who was driving the car I don't remember, I remember his, name. his name. But anyway, she's you know, they're with him in his car. Todd. 
Todd, thank you. But she's got the, a, the name of every jerk in the '80s, basically. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, but she's she's got um, she's got the date with Brand and everything. So like, it, was she also dating Todd? Did they have a thing? Because she had his jacket later, right? Because she sends it up to him in the well. So like, we don't know anything about that backstory, be, but and it's kind of confusing. I got nothing for you there. Like I, I feel like it, Todd existed just to have like the fun toilet scene happen to somebody later, and it gives you a little bit of a payoff. So I didn't actually realize that was Todd. Yes, Todd is the one guy. who uh, gets all the pressure from the toilet, hits the ceiling, and then falls down and yells, "Dad!" See, so like we, they had shown him so little in he the did. movie, I actually thought that was just another random guy because they showed some of the other random people at like the country club and stuff. Yeah. So I didn't think that this was a character we knew. <laughs> right. Kind of funny. Yeah. So that I guess that's and that's why that he's there. That's why he's there at the end where he's like, "Sign the papers. My dad is here." Like. Oh, see, yeah. I didn't realize that was the same guy either. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, they did a really poor job of establishing Todd. So. Do you think uh, the sloth prosthetics held up? Um, I think they looked fine. You know, I think that obviously they'd be different today. Um, they'd probably in mostly... 1080. It looks a lot different. Like when yeah. I was looking, at it, it still looks really good, but like the skin texturing, you can tell is different, and the way it like glistens is weird. But well, I mean, American Horror Story has done that same look on a few yeah, of the characters on purpose, yeah certainly it, should, it, it was a little weird in this circumstance but mm-hmm. it, i thought it still looked really good considering when this movie was made i mean it certainly holds it, up the, better the ears moving and everything yeah. So, yeah. like all that was great that couldn't have been easy no that's do. a lot of work in those mm-hmm. i was worried that going back and watching this you know we we handled people who are who have disabilities in such a different manner now and it's so much better we don't talk down to them like you know I, at least we try not to in art and uh i was worried really that didn't. yeah i was worried that going back and watching this i was going to find something problematic with the sloth character and the relationship between him and chunk is so good it's so equal and fond and chunk never at one point thinks of him as lesser lesser yeah like his family does and you know it is sloth serves as a reason to really hate the fratellis because you're like are you kidding me like you, yeah you dropped him on his head a bunch of times and caused him to be this way and yeah you know yeah i mean but. the fratellis the rest of the fratellis anyway are probably the worst part of the movie you know, because of some of the stuff that you were mentioning, like, they're very dumb. They're really incompetent, but they're also supposedly like super scary and dangerous. Yeah, they were able but... to escape from jail and like do a plan this whole, you Which know, is a shame escape thing. The, the escape is actually pretty clever. Yeah. Like when you see and that's how the movie starts. Right. So like, you know, he pretend hangs himself and uses the pipe. So he's not actually caught like that was super clever in the f- ring of fire. Like, so I'm thinking like we've got some really dangerous bad guys. These kids are going to somehow have to like escape or outthink or something. Right. And they just get progressively dumber yeah. as the movie goes yeah. on. By the There's... end, they're like literally like hitting each other with swords, and it's like, okay, guys, what's going on here? There's no way a movie nowadays would let a kid go on for 20 minutes. It, I assume it was about 20 minutes. By the way, they were all by the way the oh, scene the, was the torture yeah scene, so yeah to speak. and chunk is just crying and admitting all the like minor horrible kid things that he's done, and I'm like. 
there's no way three adults would sit around and listen to all of it. Like, as soon as it was not relevant, they would stop him. Like, I'm not saying they would have gone through and blended his hand off, (laughs) but it just, no, that scene would have been cut for being ridiculous. (laughs) Like irrelevant yeah the, the fratelli is that, that that's kind of the bad stuff like some of the the fight choreography towards the end on the boat is just calling it fight choreography is well, being very generous yeah. it is it's it's when you realize like they had one take and they didn't have money to do a second take <laughs> right kind of problem which that is less of a problem now because it's all digital and data is cheaper but yeah like there's there's a scene i, I think it's i think it's brand who ju- yeah brand when brand jumps off to save andy he runs right past the mom and easily could have yeah. shoved her in the water. And somehow, like the, the initial shot, the setup shot, makes it look like he's gonna just like it looks like he hits into her. her. Yeah. yeah, and then they cut to the wide shot, and he just like to- totally misses her. Right, uh, like little things like that where maybe the continuity is a little off. Yeah, but they it was a kids movie, so they probably weren't taking it as seriously, seriously right? Because people also weren't watching movies as critically back then in 1985. Like there wasn't review podcasts on That's every true. single podcast station it, there was roger ebert yeah yeah and that was it and that was basically it right you had your newspaper review and you know that, that of, of people they had interviewed when they came out of the movie and that was it mm-hmm. there was no streaming people were not re-watching things a thousand times and scanning back and forth looking they for weren't details. doing test audiences either oh that's interesting. test audiences and focus groups started happening around the late 90s there you go. So it's just it's a very different era for when movies were made. So you only had a group of a dozen or so people who are editing this film down and rewatching it, and then they just would release it. You know, mm-hmm. that's why the original Star Wars had a boot, an actual boot floating in space because the green screen was messed up and nobody caught it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, today that wouldn't fly. Could you imagine if something like that had happened in a Marvel movie? You know, you, we never if, hear the end of it. You well, know? <laughs> like it'd be like a coffee cup on the set of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, exactly like that. And it would be massive news that everybody would talk about for days, right? When it was just a simple editing problem, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a great example. So uh, Sean Astin, over the years, has been pushing for a sequel to this movie mm-hmm. uh, where all the kids are now adults and um, their kids go on an adventure similar. How would you feel if that movie was announced? I mean, it's fine. I think it would actually be far more interesting if it wasn't their kids that went on the adventure, but they had to, kind of like in It, where the older selves have to go back. And they do all something. have crippling back problems, yeah. so they can't go down a slide, and like uh, the that asthma is so a, bad now that I, he wears the CPAP but think, mask. But think about it, though. Think about the fun you could have with like middle-aged guys bumbling around in a cave or something like that. You could still make it fun and lighthearted, but have some stakes. I but picture, who would it be for then? I picture Us. it would be kind of like City Slickers, where yes. you know Billy Crystal is a really bad cowboy rancher <laughs> really this whole bad. time, and he's complaining about his back on this horse and it it could be really funny but the problem is the audiences have changed so much so they would if they go with the adults they would make it mature and i think it should stay a pg a little bit of the magic that was in the first one i think but if they make it for kids it'd be all about upping the stakes like how much danger can we put these kids in and it still be you know, not life-threatening. So I actually think that they'd screw it up both ways. (laughs) I think they need to come up with a way to pass the torch somehow in the movie, right? Where 
there are kids and the kids are going to get the third film on their own, but the parents have to be involved somehow because that's how you grab our generation, right? The generations that grew up with the movie and the new kids. That's basically my idea for Ghostbusters, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to do the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe... Um, the the mean, difference is Ghostbusters is a franchise and they want to keep making yeah, Goonies is not content. A franchise, exactly. Really. But there's there's ways you could expand on it though, right? Yeah. Where you the know, Goonies verse, the, not the Goonies verse, right? But like you could have a situation where the kids, you know, they find some stuff boxed up and they go on a similar adventure, or um, the and then the parents have to rescue them, or vice versa. Maybe the parents are the ones who get themselves stuck, and the smarter kids have to save their parents. Like that's a thing that used to happen in '90s films. You know, there, there's some of that we've lost over the years with movies getting just a little too serious for their own good sometimes. Well, movies nowadays are on much bigger scales. Everything has to be on a crisis scale, and it it doesn't. It really doesn't. But like. here's where there might be some hope. Disney announced today that they want to reboot Home Alone. Now, if they really want to reboot Home Alone and keep it Home Alone, that's a small-scale movie. Yeah, it's about a small, silly home invasion. Now, if they can pull that off... I hate say- that I just said those words. I hate that. But think about it. If they could pull that off, and they do it well, and people like it, there's no reason they couldn't start that trend back up. I think not- I think the fact that everything has to be world-ending is disappointing, and it's gotten away from us. You look at a franchise like, like the Fast and the Furious franchise, like where it started was these guys were trying to steal a truck of TV... Uh, VCR combo devices to Hobbs and Shaw where there's a virus that's going to wipe out half the population or whatever. Like these are the same characters doing the same stuff. Like these were car drive, like racers, like street racers, right? Like it doesn't have to be that way. You Mm -hmm. can make small scale stuff and still have a fun movie. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm upset that like the only live action kids movie I can think of currently is the door of the explorer one and it's still a huge scale thing like she travels from america to south america excuse me the u.s to south america and goes on like this magical mystical adventure and like don't get me wrong that's kind of the plot of the show but it's still on a much bigger scale like we we don't really need that though like Mm -hmm. door of the explorer just did tiny things and it's movies like The Goonies and Sandlot, those types of stories that made good movies 20, 30 years ago. There's no reason they wouldn't still be good today. They're just – those movies aren't going to make a billion dollars, right? And if a studio looks at you and says, well, we're only going to make your movie if you can make us a billion dollars, then all you're going to get are these massive, ridiculous, stupid blockbuster type things. You know, and they're not all bad, of course. Like, Endgame was fantastic. But let's face it, the Fast and Furious movies 7 on are pretty f- freaking stupid right but they make a billion dollars so no one's complaining right you know Mm -hmm. so it it almost makes me a little sad that a movie like this just isn't made anymore so in regards to that one of the big promotions uh or the things that the director and stars of shazam were saying uh was that it felt like an 80s movie like the goonies Mm -hmm. one that was a movie that they used as an example a lot do you agree that shazam felt like an Amblin movie from the 80s or 90s. I can see the influence. It's certainly on the smaller scale of superhero films, you know, kind of more like the first Ant-Man, right? Where there, there isn't, there doesn't feel like there's world impending doom, but I guess, I mean, there could have been the seven deadly sins could, you know, wreak a lot of havoc outside of Philadelphia. So 
you know, there was still some higher stakes, I think. Because, like, you look at, like, the Goonies, what's the stakes? Well, the stakes are that some bad guys get away with a bunch of gold and some families lose their homes, right? And that all sucks. That's that's That sucks. It's terrible. But nobody's dying, right? Worlds aren't ending. Cities aren't crumbling. You know, it's just kind of a sad friend film. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just... I can't think of the last movie I saw that had that type of stakes. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe it is not a terrible comparison because the it movies all take place in, in one, one small city. town, yeah. right? It only affects that town. If you don't ever go to Derry, Maine, then you're fine. Yeah. Right. Like that, then Pennywise will never touch you. will never influence until you until you read way. the books and yeah. find out well. that all of it is done by a giant floating space turtle. <laughs> right. right. But I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the fact that it has been successful and chapter two, if it is as successful as it's looking like it'll be, maybe that will show studios that you can make these smaller scale films. As long as the writing is good and the actors are good, people will come and see your movies. The Stranger Things fit into your scale then? Because, I mean, most of that took place in a small town. Yeah, but you also get the feeling, though, that if the kids don't stop these monsters, then they're just going to run havoc all over our world, right? Because, I mean, they're pretty powerful creatures, especially... Um, oh, No, the Demogorgons, the Mind Flayer, Mind the Demodogs, they're... They're all pretty frightening, and if the kids didn't stop them, they would continue to breach out of Hawkins. So, especially you know. when you look at season three, and you've got like Russia involved in Russia, halfway across the world, trying to yeah. like open up these rifts and stuff. Yeah, but still, the story was in yeah their city. Yeah, even it though just, it was Russians in their city, but I think season one felt smaller. That's true, right? Because yeah. it's just this one town, this one research facility with this handful of people. But each season, it seemed like, got a little bigger. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it is a good example, I think. Other than the space turtle, which may or may not be in the second movie. We don't know. <laughs> and Stranger Things' biggest pulls are easily the Goonies and It. Yeah. So, I just... Yeah. The, there's a little bit of, of sadness that these types of movies are just not made much anymore. Because mm-hmm. they're fun. It's a fun movie. It's they'll great. Get, they'll get another, like, it'll come back. All of this ha- stuff happens in waves. You know, like, we had the big sci-fi wave for a while where all the, you know, we had the Matrix and Fifth Element and, you know. But that's the thing. I feel like Every it's only... poster was blue and orange. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if you look at the 70s onward, the movies have only gotten larger. There's that scale back hasn't really happened, right? You had 2001 and Star Wars, and then you had Aliens and Terminator. But eventually, oh, you left out Jaws, man. That was the first blockbuster. There you go. I mean, you can't really go after a certain point. After a certain point, how can you go bigger though? Like once you get to like the multiverse dying, then that's pretty much as far as you can go. I think. I, I agree with you from that standpoint, but you know, there's always just the. More explosions, bigger explosions, more superpowers, bigger creatures. Bad Boys 3. You know, like, <laughs> more explosions. Right? Like, that's just kind of how it seems to look. And, like, I think Jaws being a blockbuster is an interesting point because, again, it's a small-scale film. It's one shark affecting one island. Yeah. Right? If they just let the shark go and abandon the island, okay, those are the consequences. What if he keeps growing? <laughs> right? He just gets bigger. Eventually, he goes after the giant space turtle he from f- it. He frees all the smart sharks from deep blue sea. Right. And <laughs> Wow, guys. Yeah, the shark- and then Sharknado starts. It's the shark verse. Yeah. Um, 
Rachel's into this, I can tell. But even you look at the Jaws movies, though, and they go off the rails after the first film. They do. You know, like Jaws the Revenge. I, lo- I think I think it is Ebert who has this. And he, it's um, it's uh, I hate, hate, hated this movie is the, the book. Right. And he makes a comment about how. Yeah, it's it's who couldn't love a movie about a shark who's attacking the descendants of the people who killed it, right? Because it's supposed to be the the original shark that blows up in the first film. Like that makes no sense. But they had to up the ante and keep increasing the ridiculousness. Yeah, you know, even something like the Chucky franchise or Die Hard. Yes, Die Hard. Right. He starts as like this, you know, New York cop who's going to save some people in the building too. A terrorist. Yeah, and he's got superpowers by the end of Chernobyl. He can sling (laughs) motorcycles at (laughs) helicopters, and yeah, like it's that just seems to be like any franchise that lives long enough jumps the shark, right? So to speak, nukes the fridge. Yeah. Indiana Jones. That's yeah. a great example, right? Like he starts wanting to save some relics, and the next thing you know, he gets nuked in a refrigerator. Now, Star Wars has stayed pretty aliens. consistent. You have a planet exploding a star point. throughout like three different times, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't really get more powerful. It's well, just... the sphere has gotten larger all three times. It's true. Each I mean, sphere is bigger, but it isn't any so... more powerful, really. I, sure mean, it is. Oh, I guess it did get a little more powerful yeah. in seven, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Oh, man. But uh, I don't know. I just I, I like the more grounded, smaller stuff. Right. Because like this movie, yeah, they, they didn't have the special effects that we have now, but everything's fairly grounded. Like there's I, don't, I can't think of anything other than the way the way the cave kind of crumbles conveniently at the end. Everything else could happen fairly easily. Yeah. Right. Like most of these things are just like rope driven traps. That are fairly stereotypical cinema traps that you'd see in an Indiana Jones movie, you know, and there's a boat, (laughs) right? you know, nothing's like super outrageous. Yeah. Let's ship. Not a boat. They're the same thing. No, it's not. Yeah. Don't tell that to a boat owner or a ship owner. (laughs) To a boater. A a ship owner would not be happy if you called a ship a boat. Okay. Just saying. (sighs) What else? I, I think we covered yeah, I more think than that's enough. It. Yeah, we really talked about the Goonies, man. Well, only for about a third of the conversation. <laughs> it did go off the rails a little bit. Okay, at the end, I really like the movie. The kids are great. The kids are a lot of fun. I think that that was a fun cast to watch, and it's almost a shame that there isn't more of them together doing that type of thing. Um, and It reminds me of why I hate child actors, because these guys were great. Oh. And like nowadays... Like the when we saw the Jungle Book, and I was so bothered by Mowgli, I did not buy any of his performance at all. And this performance blows the you know out of the water. Maybe he had, had an easier job on this one, but well, think about it. These kids were together in these sets that really looked like caves. Versus, and I'm forgetting the kids a giant who played CGI, Mowgli, but, you know, yeah, it's everything. a giant green screen sure. room, you know, with guys wearing weird suits with little dots all over them and head cams. Like yeah. that's hard to do. Like even you look at an actor like Sir Ian McKellen. Right, who's one of the greatest actors of all time, especially on stage. The man broke down during filming on The Hobbit because he couldn't stand acting to tennis balls. He wants to act to people. And maybe that's the point, that it is just it's better. It's more real. It's more it's more true to act to other people, to act to other things. Yeah. You know. That's I all. Agree. All right, guys, so uh, that's going to wrap our discussion on the Goonies. Of course, you can join us every Tuesday night for uh, movie discussions. And next week, because I just peeked at our schedule, and it is 
not time sensitive, we're going to talk the Cornetto trilogy oh, next God. week. How are we going to watch all three of those, rewatch all those before well, next I week? I already did. So. You got this. You want to borrow? No. You got this. <laughs> I don't want to do it next week because that's a lot of movies to watch. Can we do Mystery Men instead? Okay. Yeah. We'll review or discuss Mystery Men next yeah. week. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Have you seen it, Derek? Yes. yes. Okay. We've all seen it. It's been a very long time. Okay. We're doing Cornetto Trilogy before the fall is I'm over. I'm fine with that. Okay. I just want more than one week to watch those three <laughs> movies. It's going to take me several days to get through The World's End or whatever that movie is called. Several because, days. Yes, because I have it to. It is like less than two hours long. You I got know, this? but that's because I can only take like 45 minutes of that crap at once. Oh my God. It is not crap. It's so good. We'll get to that. So Mystery <sighs> Men next week. If you sure. haven't seen Mystery Men, go watch that. We will be discussing it and all of its spoilers. I'll probably be comparing it a lot to the boys, so you should watch that, too. We'll see how much we can get through. Watch all superhero satire made in the last 20 (laughs) years. Also, Doom Patrol and Watchmen. If you could just watch all these. Kick-ass. Kick-ass, yeah, please. Which we've already discussed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so you can join us every Tuesday night on twitch.tv slash heroes podcast to be part of the discussion. About movies and TV and superheroes. I didn't know where wasn't that was it? going. I, right. <laughs> I totally spaced and I landed it. I landed it. It Good was job. a Leonardo DiCaprio moment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can follow Screen Heroes at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. You can follow Heroes Podcast at heroespodcast.com or Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heroes Podcast. You can also follow Ryan at Buster Props. On multiple platforms, Facebook, sure. Instagram, Twitter. You can follow uh, the Star Trek dude, Derek, at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can follow myself at Siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that is it, guys. I nailed this landing. Let's let's be done before I mess it up. Too late. Oh, she just <laughs> went off the rails at the end. Bye, guys. <laughs>